Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favourite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by the daughter of one of our previous guests. We had so much fun chatting to Cindy O'Meara a couple of weeks ago that I decided that we might get her daughter, Tanya O'Meara, on this week to find out really all the juicy goss about Cindy that Cindy didn't tell us. <laughs> but no, not, not just that. Tanya is an amazing surfer, um, and she has a great philosophy around food. And uh, I read one of Tanya's articles on her website recently where she was talking all about dieting, and it was a fantastic article. And I thought, this girl has got it together. She knows what she's talking about. She's got some good stuff that we can share with our audience. So welcome to the show, Tania O'Meara. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. We're excited to have you on and have a bit of a chat. Yeah, should be good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had quite a unique, uh, I guess, upbringing for, you know, compared to lots of people. You've, you've had Cindy O'Meara as a mum, who's obviously a leading nutritionist. You've had Howard O'Meara as a dad, who's a chiropractor. So you've kind of been immersed in this stuff, I'm guessing, right from, you know, a newborn. Um, yeah, I guess I'm pretty lucky in that, that way. Um, my lifestyle has been pretty good and mum and dad have brought me up in the best they can with, with their knowledge. So yeah, I'm very lucky. Have you always felt lucky? Like, it's, you know, cause I mean, I imagine that, uh, you know, as you've grown up, there've been times when, you know, the focus on healthy food and healthy living in your lifestyle, like all kids, I'm guessing there was at some stage where you thought you might rebel against that a little bit. Um, oh yeah, I, I definitely had my um, rebelling stage. Yeah. So, so how um, old were you? What was going on? Oh, well, you know, I think some people did think mum was a little bit weird. You know, she does, she did think differently to what everybody thought back. Oh, she was so ahead of her know, time. Five, five, six years ago when I was still in school. Um, but it was definitely in the school stage, you know, I'd get, I'd get a healthy lunchbox and, and I'd, I'd swap my, like, swap my food with like the other kids and <laughs> get my roll-ups and just the stuff <laughs> that I didn't get in my lunchbox. So I was like, oh, tiny teddies were a treat and no one wanted their tiny teddies. So I was, I was all for that. Um, but no, like I think recently, yeah, I have, um, come on board and definitely love what mum does. So, yeah. Nice. And how did mum and dad deal with that? Because there'll be lots of parents listening to this show who want to feed their kids really healthy food and perhaps do have kids that have gotten to that stage where they're looking around at the other kids' lunchbox and are thinking, hey, you know, maybe I, maybe I do want to swap. Maybe, you know, how did mum and dad deal with that? And how did you deal with that? Um, 
I think they like they weren't fine with it. Mum obviously didn't love it, but um, it's not like she could follow me around everywhere at school and tell me <laughs> I can't eat that. So I guess you kind of um, got to kind of let them go, let them make their own decision. Um, I made my own decision in the end and I found that I felt a lot better on the foods that I'm eating now than what I did eat back at school or like what I did eat maybe when I go out or like, you know, it, it's, I think you just got to let them choose. You can't force it upon them. Yeah, I love that. You know, I've actually just finished writing a book all about how to get your kids to eat healthy. And uh, and actually, I was just chatting to your mum the other day because she's reading over it for me as we speak. And uh, and it's all about that. It's all about how to get kids to love to eat healthy rather than feel like they have to eat healthy. You know, yeah. empowering your kids to, to choose to eat healthy for themselves. And I, and I think Cindy obviously has done a great job of doing that. And, and obviously, it seems like you're doing that now as well, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think um, also some people's point of view of like what healthy actually is, like a child's point of view of what healthy, you know, it's mm. like a piece of lettuce or like, you know, a salad. But <laughs> yeah, there are so boring. many good options, trust me. There are that many delicious things out there that are really good for you. So you just yeah. got to explore a bit more, I reckon. Yeah, and I guess as a parent who, you know, wants to bring, you know, I've got two little kids, four and six, and as a parent, you know, you want to bring your kids up healthy, you want to raise them on all this healthy food, and I guess one of the things you hope is that uh, if you do feed them, you know, this really healthy food right from the start, you teach them what healthy food is, you show them what it feels like to eat healthy food and to be healthy and to have energy and vitality and all those things, you know, you teach them how that helps them achieve their goals of what they want in life, you know, all of those things that you, you try and do. And, and you hope that that kind of sets up a bit of a platform for them for the rest of their life, you know. And, and you understand as a parent that, of course, they're going to stray. Of course, they're going to have their rebellious phase. And all of that is perfectly normal. But I guess what you hope for is that because they've got that fundamental grounding, that at some stage they realize that they were feeling better, they were healthier, they were doing better when they were eating the healthy stuff than when they were eating the unhealthy stuff. And yeah. I guess this is a really long way for me to ask the question is, is, did you experience that? Is that sort of how you felt as you grew up? Definitely. Well, not so much like um, when I was through school, like I kind of, I think our bodies are a bit more, um, like rebound a bit easier. So like, yeah, I didn't really feel it or like yeah. it wasn't too big. But um, when I got out of school, it was when I was traveling and you know, I'd indulge in some of the things that weren't that like, great and um, I wouldn't say, like, I didn't I didn't really feel bad. Like, I didn't feel think I'd f- feel bad at that time. Like, uh, but once I, I got back from traveling and started uh, eating kind of a certain way or eating the better foods, it's it was a big, like, slap in the face. You're just like, <laughs> I feel awesome. Like, what have I been doing? And then when you do go back to maybe having, you know, that um, little bit of, I don't know, it, it can be different for everybody. But for me sometimes, like, when I say if I have pasta, I will feel fine, you know, on that day. But the next day I am so tired, I'm sluggish, I don't really want to do anything, <laughs> and it just it, it doesn't work. So... I have kind of figured out, you know, I feel great on these foods and that's what I'm going to stick to. So I definitely did experience it after school. Yeah. And so is that the biggest change you notice? Is it really your energy levels? Are there there other things you notice, I guess, particularly in terms of your surfing and your performance? You know, what else do you notice when you're not quite doing it right versus when you are? Um, I guess definitely, yeah, energy levels is the main. Um, 
you know, if I even notice like when I uh, so like a, a pack of biscuits that I've just, you know, off a random shelf of Woolies or something, like a shortbread, and there's a million ingredients, like I just get, I get stomach pains, I, my body just, I kind of want to curl up in the ball and like just lie down for like an hour <laughs> and then and then I'll get back up and be on my way. But um, yeah, energy levels is a big one, especially with surfing. I I can't do that. I don't, I don't like feeling tired in the mornings I have like I like to get up and I like to do something active you know before I start the day just to kind of uh you know get the blood out of the liver and um start fresh it always it always helps yeah and I think that's a great example of how you can you know use your food as a learning rather than kind of getting guilty about it rather than beating yourself up about it you can just kind of go hey when I eat that this is what happens And, and it's just kind of adds to your armory i guess it adds to your confidence to make different choices next time because you're just learning as you go along and you're you're paying attention and you're noticing and i think you know probably that's something that growing up in that sort of household you would do more than most is notice what's going on in your body how certain foods affect you how certain activities affect your body and actually pay attention to it rather than i guess for a lot of people they can be just quite blind to how that is affecting their body yeah, um, I was. I definitely liked that when I was younger. I wasn't aware at all, but um, yeah, just that little little more awareness. You can just notice, like you know, that touch of bloating, or like, or just yeah, just the little things make actually a big difference in being in touch with yourself. And yeah. So, so what is healthy eating for you now, Tania? What, what, so what do you like to do as far as a, you know, a day, a week? What sort of stuff do you eat? What sort of stuff do you avoid? Um, I just like just real food. I get, like I'm so I'm so like really surprised that we have this term of you know fake food, real food. <laughs> it's kind of like what? Like, how can we have fake food? Like, doesn't make sense to me, but you know, <laughs> it's kind of more I, like just food and not food, right? Yeah, it's just like what? Just yeah. <laughs> so, um, real food, uh, fresh as I can get. You know, nothing really out of a packet, unless it's just your single ingredients or something like that. Um, yeah. So unless the packet says changing habits on the front, you know, yeah, right? uh, oil, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, but a day to day meal or. I actually can't. I just found out I can't eat eggs, so I'm trying to experiment with my breakfast recently. Yeah. Um, but, like, I love meat. Meat is always in my day-to-day. Like, I can't. I feel very tired if I don't really have meat. So I usually fit some sort of protein in my day, and I do love big bulky salads and um, roasts and, oh, I don't know, there's just... <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Cindy's daughter there, just like yeah, meat, I'm like, I'll tell I'm you what. To, I'm like going through all these foods, I'm like, <laughs> all these like meals are coming into mind, I'm like, oh, what am I going to have for lunch today? Like, <laughs> I made this big slow-cooked roast when Cindy came over for dinner and she has not stopped talking about it since, she devoured it. <laughs> oh, That's the so... best, like slow-cooked, you can just chuck it in the morning, you don't even have to do anything, it just, and then your house smells absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. It is good. I love it. We had lots of fun. Um, so what do you notice then? I mean, obviously, you're out there surfing, traveling around, competing. Um, you know, off air, we mentioned earlier, and you said that, it, that it's quite different competing versus just surfing recreationally, that it can be quite you know, stressful and draining and those sort of things. So what do you notice in terms of how you deal with that versus how other surfers who perhaps aren't as strict on their diet and other things in, in their lifestyle, um, you know, what do you notice about the differences? 
Um, I guess I'm like when I travel, I'm I get really picky on what I eat. I will not touch something that I don't think will be the best for my body on that day. Or, um, you know, when you're at home, like you can just you know have these little nitbits of like other stuff, but. Um, I really change that when I go overseas or when I train or when, I, when I'm surfing. Um, and just I feel like the other girls or, you know, I notice sometimes the difference in energy levels or, um, yeah, like it's kind, of, it's kind of hard to, it's like because I don't really follow them around like what they're eating. Yeah. But like I travel with a bunch of girls that are kind of similar in what I eat and they appreciate the fresh food and they appreciate going out of their way to eat the best that they can. Um, so, nice. yeah. That's great. And and is that common amongst the surfing community or have you kind of just created your own little niche there? Um, well, there's, there's a couple of girls that are uh, kind of think along the same lines as I do and you kind of, I don't know, you, yeah, you kind of find your little niche and you end up starting to travel together and it just it fits perfectly. It, and yeah, that's and everybody just feeds off each other and learns off each other, and yeah, it's really good. Nice. And so, how does your diet change when you are training more and surfing more? You know, do you find you you have different requirements? Do you add anything in? Do you take anything out to try and help with your, I guess, more athletic performance? I wouldn't say it changes a lot. I, you know, I wouldn't. I I find it really weird how people suddenly change their diet like the day before they go for like a big comp or like they, you know, carb load <laughs> yeah. or uh, yeah. I was like, oh, why would you change what you've been doing for the rest of the time for like the comp day? I don't know. I feel like changing something suddenly in your body like upsets the balance or. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to keep it the same. I um, will definitely in like, I don't like eating a lot as well before I surf, but like you've got to always have that energy. So before I surf, usually I'll have some sort of, maybe like a banana or, or something. But then after I surf, I'll, I'll have a decent meal and make sure that I'm, I'm still got my energy levels. And, yeah, you, usually protein is what, like what I said before, like protein is pretty big for me right now. Mm. Um, I find if I don't have protein sometimes, I'm just, yeah, a bit, bit tired if I just survive on the veggies. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, obviously the muscle requirements for you for when you're doing your training, you're doing your surfing, you know, you need to replenish that and that's important. And I guess, do you find that because you do have a bit more protein and probably a bit more fat that you're a bit more of a fat burner and that you don't tend to need to eat as much or as often, particularly before your events? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm big on as well. Like, yeah, I'll have some like coconut oil in the morning or as well, like on a competition. I'm, I feel will feel fine and not like that empty you know, hungry, mm. hurting. So, yeah, yeah, I would say I am. And so what do you do as far as exercise then, Tony? I'm guessing that uh, surfing is a massive component of that. But do you do other stuff to try and keep yourself fit for surfing as well? Uh, yeah, I've just actually started a um, program with a guy on the Sunshine Coast right now. I'm training with him three days a week in the gym and then we have a pool session on one day and then there's an actual like physically out there surfing session that you go to. Um, and then I also train with uh, another guy on the Gold Coast who's uh, my surf trainer as well. Um, and then, yeah, every every day when I can go out or usually in the mornings, afternoons, it just depends, I guess, on conditions, um, I will surf. But it's an everyday occurrence. So 
surfing every day with pretty much some sort of uh, physical activity in or out of the water, gym training. So what sort of training do you do to get fit for surfing? Like what sort of exercises are common in your routine? Um, So we'll have a mobility kind of day of, you know, you're stretching and your balance and your um, being able to move the awkward, into those awkward positions and and then we'll have a conditioning day um, and then we'll have like a strength day. So, you know, you've got all range of movements. It, it involves, you know, throwing balls but like <clears> you've <throat> got to keep you're keeping your core straight and just, you know, really strengthening up those muscles but not to the point of, where you can't really move and you look like a <laughs> big bodybuilder. <laughs> it's not very convenient for you, but, um, yeah, something along those lines. Well, it sounds really nice. Like it sounds like a good balance of sort of functional fitness and, and making sure you've got the strength but still maintaining the other capabilities in terms of endurance and flexibility and, you know, yeah. quite well-rounded in that respect, which is great. Yeah, I um I try to stretch every single day, you know, whether if it, like it's in front of the television if you watch TV at night or... Um, I have a, a little routine that I go through just to kind of, you know, I can be a bit more flexible or uh, recover a bit faster and, yeah, and as, like, you know, paddling, I have to I have to stretch my upper body quite a lot. Um, I don't really have a large range of movement in my shoulders sometimes because you you're constantly paddling mm. and um, that's usually, usually you're paddling more than you're actually surfing, so got to keep them all... Nice and stretchy. <laughs> well, well, I can't surf, so I'm sure that I would be paddling much more than I'm surfing. So <laughs> <laughs> perhaps uh, next time I'm up there, Tony, I might have to get a lesson. You can teach Definitely. me, teach me how to really get up on the board. It's a really good overall fitness. Like, it's a good, good old body workout when you go surfing. It so. does sound good, and I reckon the weather up there is pretty conducive to doing that sort of stuff too. So. It's perfect right now. <laughs> Bluebird, like, oh. Sun's out, it's a little bit warm, perfect for a swim right now. I'm keeping you away from the surf, aren't I, Tony? I can hear it in your voice. Well, I can't actually surf right now. Oh, it's like right. a little bong hit, but um, that's because I did push my body a little bit too far and overtrained. So yeah, I'm just having a little rest right now. And so we spoke a little bit before about the challenges of going from, I guess, just recreationally surfing to in the last year you've been competitively surfing. So what 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 differences did you notice in that respect? Um, mentally, it it is a lot harder. Um, it might not be for other people, but I find like I just have. Uh, a little bit of a, like, not a freak out, but a little, I get either anxious and then you kind of, you know, you, you, your brain doesn't think right and your body doesn't function right when you're in this heat situation, you're put under pressure and um, then you'll go out free surfing and you'll just have an absolute ball, like surf your best. Hmm. And then you're just like, why could I not have done that in a heat? Like, <laughs> like what happened? So... Um, yeah, the, this first year has been a big learning curve. You know, I can't just, just, just surf. Like it's, there's other little, little games in it as well. Um, that, you know, people put pressure on you, um, some tactics where you sit, wave selection. Um, what are the judges looking for? It's not like you're going out for a, I'm just going to catch this wave, catch all (laughs) stuff. So um, definitely a little eye opener on this first year, and hopefully next year I've learned a lot more lessons. Anyways, and I'm working towards that. 
And so what are you putting in place to, to work on, I guess, that more mental side of it? Because, you know, they're probably challenges that a lot of people can relate to in a lot of different areas of their life, you know, um, that, you know, sometimes when you are under that pressure, you do get under that little bit of stress. You don't always perform as well. You don't always make as good a choices as you would when you're just relaxed and, you know, casual about it. So how are you working on that? Um, I currently, I've been going to some of these um, breath enhancement courses that usually I think like free divers do it and you learn you learn to pretty much how to slow your heart rate and um, calm yourself in high intensity situations or high anxiety kind of situations Um, so I guess um, going to those have helped a lot Um, and just meditation in general and just doing little cues that um, that you kind of Pick, your body picks up and you, you do those same cues when you're surfing and you're under pressure. So if, like, he'll put us in a situation where we're under pressure and he's like, all right, I want you to do this. And, like, you realise it's kind of like slowing your heart rate and you're still under pressure and, you know, you try to adapt or, like, you try to try to use those and then you put them into a, a heat situation and a competition situation and and just, yeah, try and try and calm yourself and perform perform the best. Yeah, nice. And what about other things like, uh, you know, do you do any like uh, gratitudes or visualizations or goal settings or, you know, other stuff like that to try and help you with that mental side? Uh, yes, I actually do all those three things. Um, nice. I have a morning ritual. I'll, I'll usually get up and like, I'll go for a swim or um, I've been swimming the past week because I can't surf. So I'll go for a swim and uh, it doesn't really have to be surfing specific sometimes like I'll have a gratitude journal and just write you know down 10 things that I'm grateful for maybe that day or maybe the day before um I have a book that's got all my goals that I want to achieve in the year and then there's you got your short-term goals and that's more I guess surf specific and then um what was the other one there was another one that I oh just like affirmations and, oh you know, yeah there's all sorts oh, of mental things surfing. yeah you I couldn't surf, like, because I said before, I can't surf. So right now I was watching the waves this morning and I was just mentally surfing, like, pretending I was actually (laughs) on the wave. (laughs) And so how big a role has chiropractic played in this for you? Obviously your dad being a chiropractor is very handy. You know, you've got kind of the good, nice mix there at home. You've got mum cooking food. You've got dad looking after your body. It's pretty good. So uh, how big a part has chiropractic played in your journey? Such a big part, you know, um... I didn't really realize until I guess I was older how important it is in our lives. Like every day or, you know, it's just like, oh, we've got a sore ankle. Like dad, dad can just fix, well, not fix, like completely fix it, but helps us out in the best way he can. Um, And it's just, you know, keeps my body in line and keeps it to the best of its ability in that regards. Like I can only do so much, I guess, with food and, nutrition and like feeding myself what I can and he takes care of the other stuff so I'm very very lucky yeah absolutely and I guess that that uh chiropractic philosophy as well I know certainly speaking to Cindy she's sort of saying that that's really what sort of has instigated a lot of her understanding and her philosophy in terms of how the body works and how to look after her body and how to get the best out of her body you know is that the same for you is it is it that sort of core philosophy that sort of drives you through um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, you, you do the best you can for your body and, um, yeah, 
<laughs> I think that was a no. I think that's, yeah. right. that's okay. Um, so I, I think we're going to see some big things for you in the future, Tanya. I mean, I've been sort of following you. I see these amazing pictures of you surfing that your mum so proudly shares all the time. And um, yes. you know, looking at your website there, you've, you've, you're creating a real sort of little movement there, and I think it's fantastic. Um, so you know, what's what would you love to do in the in the health and wellness sphere? Obviously, you've kind of got your dual passions there of the surfing and the health stuff. So where would you like to take that? in the future? Um, to tell you the truth, like I'm not 100% sure where exactly I would like to go with it. Um, I guess right now I I want to be that person that, you know, people can come to and um, kind of just help people in the sporting industry and in surfing and, you know, I have people like asking me questions all the time and I uh, – just I don't know I I love it so I guess maybe even consulting one day or or you know working in the the sports industry or the being a sports um, nutritionist would be ideal um but yeah I'm just kind of trying to create that little image for myself right now and be a bit more of a role model for girls my age and trying to make that or like get them aware or make them aware of what actually is being put in our foods and and what we're giving ourselves and yeah just the the media and how they can manipulate us in so many little ways so Mm. well I think that's great and it's so important I think and it's brilliant for girls your age to have a role model you know to have someone who they can relate to to have someone of a similar age you know even for I guess like teenage girls they're going to look up to someone like yourself much more than no offense to Cindy but much more than they're going to look to someone like Cindy they're going to look to someone like yourself um, who they can relate to you know who they're a more similar age to who perhaps you know they might be into surfing they might be you know whatever it is uh, but to have people they can relate to so you know what do you think are the biggest challenges for people in that age bracket um what do you mean exactly you well like in terms of their health like you know do you think it's I mean is it body image stuff is it um, you know, what do you think are their biggest issues around food? What are the biggest concerns that they have, I guess, around or, or the biggest, you know, lacks in yeah. knowledge perhaps that they have? I would definitely say a lack of knowledge and that body image, you know. They're, they're still kind of posting up um, the skinniest of models like all the time and there's that constant comparing mm. and that constant um, mental battle between girls and and food, you know, they the binge and then like they eat all this and then they feel guilty and then they they pick on anything bad like in to do with their body and don't focus on the great. Mm. Um, yeah, and just that education of of food and what we're seeing on TV and it's just I feel like we're so easily persuaded and we'll or we're just we're very trusting. And we've we've trust that they've done the research and that this is apparently good for us. So we're gonna go and indulge in that, and they just don't feel great, and end up there's just like that constant battle. So, and so, what do you think these girls need? I mean, what what is it going to take to help them get a, start heading in a more healthy direction? You know, is it the education? Is it the self confidence that they need? Is it um, you know, role models, is it all of you? You know, what do you think it is that they need to start moving in a healthier direction? I mean, there's probably lots of people listening to this show who are parents who may have teenage girls or boys um, and, and, you know, they're, they're wanting to be able to relate to them, they're wanting to be able to help them. What do they need? Uh, definitely all of the above. <laughs> um, just, yeah, that, that little education or 
um, you know, that, that role model in just at home as well and schools. I, th- I think maybe education in schools would, you know, I didn't learn really anything <laughs> to, to do with nutrition in school. Um, you know, I chose to do health and physical education, but it was still uh, very, very vague on what we sh- what was good for you or, you know, it was the whole um, low-fat trim, skim, don't eat this, don't eat that. It was never like, you know, these foods are natural. This has been grown in the gardens for, for how many years? And, yeah, like you don't. You don't learn how to make your own food. Um, it's just, you know, you get it from packets. You're like, oh, we'll make this cake with this flour from a packet and this from a packet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, definitely the, it probably would start in schools, I would say. It would be the big one and then you get your role models and, yeah, and go from there. So if you could go back to your, you know, teenage self, perhaps late teen self, Tania, and you could give yourself some advice, um, what would it be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's a good one. Um, oh gosh, no, I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, where, whatever I've, I've done back then is where I am now. But yeah, so well, maybe that's the answer. I'm, maybe that's the answer is just to to learn from it. You know, maybe yeah, maybe like, you don't I, need to be told anything. Maybe you just need to learn for yourself. And, and that, that's probably to a large degree true. I think that that you you know you can you can help people. You can guide them. You can. You know, perhaps point them in the right direction, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's, it, they need to go have those experiences. They need to learn that stuff for themselves. They need to make those decisions for themselves. I think, don't yeah. they? It's definitely their choice. You can't really, you can't force it upon them. Like I was a stubborn child, so yeah, I wanted to do everything opposite what mom and dad did. Like yeah. if they told me to do something, like I would just be like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some reverse psychology there, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I'm just. They need to be want to do it on their own, and if health isn't their number one focus, yeah, I guess you know they, they'll they'll learn that later in life. I guess they'll get those little things that won't be doing right with their body, and yeah. And I think that's a great lesson for parents is that, you know, you can provide the information and I think it's important that you do make sure that your kids have access to the information. You know, you can talk to your kids about why and you can make sure that they understand why they might make that choice and how making that choice is going to help them get whatever it is they are motivated by because they're probably not motivated by health. They're probably motivated by something else. But you can help try and show them why that's going to help them get that. But you can't make them do it. You can't tell them to do it because at the end of the day, that often ends up having the opposite effect uh, and often can create quite an unhealthy relationship with food and lifestyle as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Tania. I've had lots of fun. I know Cindy is going to be super excited. She was so excited when I told you you're coming on, so I'll make sure I share this with her. Okay, and, great. Uh... Thank you. I was super nervous. <laughs> but... I was like, oh, gosh, I've never never done one of these. So thank oh, you for having me. I you've done a great it. job, Tania. You are doing a great job being that role model, inspiring so many people. Like I said, it's fabulous to see someone of your age who's already so wise, who's already doing such great stuff, and who young girls and boys – can look up to and think, hey, I'd like to be that kind of good-looking surfer girl and, you know, do that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, maybe I should start thinking a bit more about my health. So I think you're being an exceptional role model. Great work. Keep it up. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.